This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome to Golf Talk Canada as we kick off Masters Week here on TSN Radio and TV. Zakino back on Canadian soil with you. And as I come back into Canada, Bob, he exits out of Canada. Bob's going to join us a little later in the show. He's on the ground with Graham Dillette at Augusta for the year's first men's major, the Masters, this week as it all gets started today on TSN Radio Adam Scully joining me this morning. Good morning, Adam. Thanks for keeping the uh, the machine rolling downhill for the last several weeks, uh, covering me off as I was chasing the PGA Tour. Uh, great job, as always. Thank you for all the support. And before we get into it today, because we've got a super busy show, which we will tee up for you here momentarily, before we get into it, shorts? I saw you hitting golf balls <laughs> in shorts, outdoors, in... I'm going to call it April 1st or April 2nd. It was it was like it was either yesterday or the day before. A little aggressive, my friend. Yeah. Uh, first of all, Mark, uh, welcome home. Uh, do you remember what uh, what Canada feels like? It's nice to be back. I mean, it's it's starting to feel like spring out there. But I was uh, at the docks uh, downtown on Saturday, and I, I walked outside, and it was. It was nice. It looked like 10, 10 degrees or so, and it was creeping up to 12, 15. I thought, why not? So I threw on some shorts, and, and then you get down by the watermark, and then it's, <laughs> it's, it's a little nippy out there. It's a little cold. So I was thankful that the, uh, there was a heater uh, right above me, too, as I was just grinding, obviously, working on the game, trying to get ready for golf season. But, uh, no, it's great to be back. Great to have you back in the saddle here and what a week to, you know, this is the second time this has happened where we're set to preview a major and what happens Well, a Canadian wins on the PGA Tour. So it's awesome. Okay, so before we get into it, I got to ask because, so I got home at like one in the morning on Thursday and I went, you know, I kind of got settled Thursday. You know, it's like when you've been gone forever in a day. I mean, just to get reorganized, etc., get your life back in order, especially heading into the crazy busy week we have coming up here in Masters Week. You know, there's stuff to do. And but I thought, okay, at some point on the weekend, big weekend, okay, there's a huge weekend in the Zacchino household here, Adam, because one, we've got Corey Connors with a chance to win the Valero Texas Open. And we've got two nights of WrestleMania 39, okay? <laughs> so it is a very big... But somewhere in all of this, I thought, oh, I'm going to squeeze down to my golf club, the Toronto Hunt Club, and I'm going to maybe hit some balls in the sim. I got some new clubs that I arrived home to. I got my new Stealth 2 driver that I, I came home to. Uh, Stealth 2 3-wood that I came home to. I already have my 5-wood. So a lot of... I'm, okay, I'm going to get down to him. Could not get in to a single simulator Friday, Saturday, Sunday at my golf club was the docks a zoo. I got asked where they lined up to hit golf balls in the cold. You know what? I thought, so the last time I was actually at the docks, and this is going to bring back some some awful memories. Actually, it was two years ago when golf was shut down here. When golf ah was, yes, when we, we weren't allowed to play golf, but we won't get into that. But so the the lineup then was an hour. 
this was I went Saturday at about 1230 in the afternoon and it, it was fine. I got in right away and hit some balls right away, which was great. Now, you mentioned the simulator situation. It's the same thing where I am at at Bayview Golf and Country Club, where it's a zoo. It's packed. And yes, you know, Bayview this winter has a new, call it the barn. It's a new uh, new simulator setup with three track men in there now, so you can really dial in your game. So it's great to see that everyone sort of has the same itch to get back and play. And actually, the weekend previous, I was at Pace of Play, which is out in Mississauga, run by John Kim, who's a, a great guy who I met on a couple of Adidas trips back in Whistler in Los Angeles. A great sim to go check out if you're looking to hone your game. Because, Mark, I mean, you know, it's April 3rd. It's nice out It's going to be close, I, I, right? Yeah. I You're seeing you know, 15 degrees. This, uh, if you're listening to us on TSN 1050 in southern Ontario in Toronto, uh, it's, it could hit a high of 15 this afternoon. So, yeah, and I mean, generally it's April, it's Toronto. I'm guessing we'll get one more sort of like, you know, hint at mm -hmm. snow maybe. Mm -hmm. And then see you later. Let's go play some golf. And hopefully this time in two, three weeks, we're, we're recapping our, or debriefing our illustrious opening rounds in, on Canadian soil. Well, I did read this morning. It's either tomorrow or this week. I wish I saw the headline quicker, but the municipal city-owned golf courses will open this week. That's huge. Okay. Uh, so public golf courses, there's a bunch of them already open. I know the private clubs are probably a couple of weeks away, but we're getting there. Before we get into today's show, let's not forget, this week we kick off 20 weeks of TaylorMade. If you're listening... If you enjoy golf at all, in any capacity, you need to register for 20 Weeks of TaylorMade. It is free. It is fun to play. We are giving away over $40,000 in TaylorMade product over the next 20 weeks, starting this week in our first ever PGA Tour Fantasy Golf League. It kicks off Masters Week. Uh, we've got thousands of people already registered to play, uh, but it's going to be awesome. Uh, 40,000 in gear and the grand prize, a custom set through the bag, uh, tailor-made golf experience, full set, get treated like Rory McIlroy for the day, including a trip for two to Casa de Campo in the Dominican Republic, where I just returned from five star, one of the world's best golf venues. That is the grand prize. Grand prize is $15,000 roughly just standalone on its own grand prize. So 40,000 total, but you got to go to golftalkcanada.com. That's golftalkcanada.com. Register. It's free. It starts this week. Today's show, hour two, we'll switch a lot of gears. Hour two, we're going to talk Masters themes. Rory going for a career grand slam. Is this the year? Where's your confidence on John Rahm coming into this week after the performance at the WGCs, hitting it all over the ballpark? Can he get away with that at Augusta? Has he been able to fix it in a non-competition environment between the WGC and now? Uh, live golf versus the PGA Tour. There were some remarks uh, there earlier this week. What do we expect from Tiger? I am glad to report that when we talked about the new 13th hole at Augusta, everybody asked me, Mark, what do you think uh, the difference in 13 is going to play? I said, well, the tee shot's going to be easier. The second shot's going to be harder. Well, the best players in the world have echoed the exactly the same statement since two weeks ago when I was asked that question. So it, it's a no-brainer. It's a straighter tee shot, but it's a harder second. How's that going to come into play? So much to get to. But first, huge week for Canada. Let's kick it off with some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. 
Corey Connors, the third Canadian to find the winner's circle this year on the PGA Tour this season, joining Mackenzie Hughes and Adam Svensson as winners. It's his second Valero Texas Open victory, his second win on the PGA Tour. And it looked pretty easy for him, Adam, on Sunday. I mean, for a guy that has not won in a very long time and really struggled, you know, we got to give her hats off to Bob. Bob with another winner in our TSN edge pool. Bob's going to join us in a couple segments. But I've got to ask Bob, point blank, how? how? Like, based on what? Because coming into this, lost with his ball striking. Coming into this, lost with his, lost with his putting. And a complete flip of the script. And goes bogey-free on Sunday to win it and gets it done. And it reminds me of two things that I should always remember, Adam, that I, that I forgot. Every player on the PGA Tour is one swing thought away from winning that week. And horses for courses might be the most underrated stat in the game. What were your thoughts? Yeah, and so Bob spoke about this a little last week on our Wednesday preview show where he had been talking with Connors and Connors coach all about how he it seemed like he was finding that rhythm again and that rhythm in his swing as Bob puts puts it that syrupy sort of smooth takeaway pause at the top and go through it was a little it was feeling a little rushed and there were flashes of brilliance at the WGC match play where he came up just short he ran to a, a couple buzzsaws there at the match play but his game was starting to come in the right direction and historically he just hasn't played well on the west coast and there was a lot going on obviously in his life dating back to last year newborn child mm-hmm. president's cup where let's face it he might have been the most disappointing player on the international side for a team who needed someone to step up he just didn't have it that week and that happens obviously but for Connors, the way he was able to get off to a great start because this tournament was off to a weird start mark let's put it bluntly there was a three hour and 45 minute delay to kick off the tournament he didn't finish his first round until friday morning got to go back out there on friday had a four putt in a second round and you might think eh, this might be going off the edge a little bit but what does he do he harnesses in and he looked very solid he didn't look nervous at all really on on Sunday during the final round. I thought he was still going to lay up on 18 after he was essentially iced. He was waiting for, what, 10 minutes in the fairway there and then you know, hitting Time the... out for a second there. Time out for a second there. Why? What was Rogers doing? And they were ripping him on the broadcast, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, what? So he he had eight minutes while they waited for the green to clear. It was, it was about eight minutes to hit a punch out. So why are you waiting for the green to clear up? And then the green clears, and he takes two, three more minutes. I mean, that that specific moment in time, that that incident right there, is everything that's wrong on the PGA Tour in one micro example. No, no, totally. And and I I said this last week to Bob, and that pace of play on tour is incredibly slow. It's embarrassingly slow. Like it is, Mm -hmm. it's so slow. And you wonder why there's an issue with pace of play in the amateur game, because those of us are watching, you know, people that we idolize on TV and saying, Oh, they're taking a month and a half over the ball. I might as well do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So anyway, Mm -hmm. so back to, to Connors, I mean, the way he, you know, he played the safe shot in terms of if you're not going to lay up. Yeah. It's a sort of, not bail left, but that's where you have to hit it, right? And, sure. I mean, it's a pretty challenging bunker shot from, call it 25 yards or so, and he definitely hit it a little heavy, but it was good enough to get on the green and two putt from there. But I was so impressed with his putting, Mark, throughout the week, too. 
it just looked so solid. He looked so confident, never got too high, never got too low. And, you know, for a guy who was three straight top tens at the Masters, you have to love what's, what's to come here for Corey Connors. Well, and, and, and there, therein lies where I was going, Adam. You said you were very impressed with the putting. Okay, we all know he's a great ball striker. We know that, okay? However, exiting the Valero, uh, exiting the Valspar, Okay, we won't count the WGC because match play format, we can't really count the stats. The stats don't apply to stroke play. So exiting the Valspar, which was the previous stroke play event on the PGA Tour, coming out of that, Corey Connors was one, sorry, was 56th on the PGA Tour in strokes gained approach. 56th. This week, he was first. Okay, but putting, putting is even more shocking. This is what is just mind-boggling, and this is, I really think, the horses-for-courses component of the game, where things just fit your eye. You you can see the greens. You're comfortable with the texture of the grass, the way the ball comes off the blade. There's so many things that go on. Corey Connors was 189th in total putting on the PGA Tour. In total putting. He was first this week in putts and green and regulation. First, and I use the putts and green, greens and regulation stat for Corey versus strokes gain putting because he hit 50, he hit 15 greens in regulation. Okay. So when you're hitting a large bucket of greens in regulation, sometimes the strokes gain putting is a little skewed, right? Because a guy who's missing more greens might, might be better than you in a strokes gain putting approach because his putter's saving him more and he's picking up more strokes with his putter. When you're hitting 15, 16 greens, and then you're leading the field in putts per green and regulation. I mean, that's not a guy that's almost, almost just inside the top 200, Adam. Yeah. Unbelievable turnaround, to your point, looking amazingly comfortable. And now, coming in off the string of top 10s at Augusta, another place where he's obviously comfortable, all of a sudden, Adam, our, our expectations, our hopes, have now, is it, are we safe to say, complete? completely changed for Corey Connors. Phil Mickelson did it in 06, right? He won the week before. He was the last one. He won one. the Masters, right? Yeah. And he was and you know throughout our our shows both radio and television since 2023 has begun, it was always our conversation was yes, we already have two winners on the PGA Tour prior to this past week with Mackenzie Hughes and Adam Svensson. But what about Corey Connors? You know, he's the guy who has probably the the most notable career of these guys heading into this season before the wraparound portion of the season. Then what's he do? Of course, he goes on and wins. Like You've got to think that he's, he's got a, he's not even a dark horse anymore. Like I, I know a lot of people, you know, a lot of American media will, will put out their, their picks this week. And, you know, I've read a couple of articles where they have him now in the 20th range of, you right. know, of the top 80 of the 87 players now in the field. But um, I want to say one more thing about Connors too, in terms of that 18th hole and, Obviously, it was straight downwind, and obviously it's a par five with water in front. We saw Chris Kirk, I think he fatted an approach shot, and that came up probably 15, 20 short. But for Connors to, you know, to have the, the guts to hit that tee shot the way he did, 361 yards down the center of the fairway. Yes, it's a downwind shot. Yes, it's a firm fairway. But to hit that shot, you know, Sam Stevens was behind, and he missed the fairway. If he hits that fairway, it's a relatively easy birdie in terms of the approach. But Sam Stevens hooked his second shot off the planet. Then 
didn't have the greatest birdie putt from where he was. But, you know, good for Corey Connors to get it done. And now, I mean, three Canadians with victories in the PGA Tour in one season, and it's Masters Week only? It's, it's a great time to be a fan of golf in Canada. It certainly is. The final leaderboard looks like this. Connors 15 under a one-shot victory over Stevens to Adams Point. Ryder continues to play well. He uh, ties with Matt Kuchar, who also continues to be an ATM machine. Kuchar, they're two off the pace at 13 under. And Rogers uh, rounds out the top five at 11 under. Uh, just quickly, a couple other headlines before we go to break, because on the other side, Bob had the opportunity to go one-on-one with Corey Connors last night after his victory. We'll hear from uh, Bob and Corey together, and then we'll bring in Weeks uh, to do uh, to chat a little bit deeper about this and maybe get some thoughts on Augusta for Bob as well, since he's not going to be with us in hour two. Uh, some other headlines. Um, excuse me. Uh, Brooks Kepka Adam, uh, becomes the second player in uh she becomes the first player in live golf history to become a two-time winner he wins their event in orlando and i'll ask you uh what does this mean like do does it mean he's playing well does it mean he should be should he be on a radar i I just don't know what it means to win a 54 hole no cut shotgun i don't and i'm not trying to be anti-live and now my twitter is going to light up and i can't listen to golf talk canada because the keynote's too no i'm being honest I don't know. And if you tell me that you know what it means, you're a liar. We have no historic data or anything to put this against. So how do you, do you put any weight in it at all, Adam? What do you put in it? I think, I think you sort of have to in terms of for him, maybe, and it might just be for him in particular because Mm. he is a little different. And, you know, even he spoke about pre-tournament before the live event last week, how this is all being way overblown in the media. And he was with Rory and JT the day before practicing or hanging out or doing something together. And we, we know Brooks Kepka, he marches to the beat of his own drum, put it that way, in terms of he goes out there, he competes, he doesn't really care about what other people think. And when he's in a specific mental frame of mind, when, you know, during that four majors and, and two year run, he was hard to beat. And if a guy with that much confidence comes into a major championship where a tournament where he's he has played well before back in 2019 he had a piece of that lead on Sunday before Tiger went on to win and even Kepka said too regardless of the tour you play if you have two wins and nine starts it's a pretty good run and I have to agree with them I think but I mean like you said it's a 48 player shotgun so the competition might not be there from top to bottom in terms of strength of field, but in, in terms of a win is a win and confidence is a pretty scary thing in the game of golf. I think Brooks Kepka could be maybe even a dark horse this week. Well, I think that's the only thing you take from it is, is that it's good for him. It's good for him. Other than that, I don't know where it stacks up in terms of a global heading into a major. By the way, they're playing a golf course that is you know not set up like a, a professional championship, really. I mean... It was set up to make as many birdies as you you know as you want. Um, we'll talk maybe a little bit about that uh, a little later in the show when we do a little live versus PGA Tour. I will hold back. We're running late, so Augusta National Women's Amateur. We'll get your thoughts at the end of the hour on that. There was some Canadian content there as well. Uh, on the other side, Bob one on one with Corey Connors. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. 
This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back to GTC. It is Zakino. It is Scully. Week's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Uh, we are talking Corey Connors for obvious reasons. If you're just joining us, he is a two-time winner now on the PGA Tour, the two-time Valero Texas Open champion. Apparently, Corey Connors loves cowboy boots. Maybe we forget the green jacket. Maybe a, maybe we need to put in requests for a green set of cowboy boots, and all of a sudden he's a three-time winner. Maybe that's it's that simple, Adam. He likes collecting cowboy boots. Before we continue our chat on Corey and Canadians as we head to Augusta, as hour two will be full of Masters preview talk, let's hear from Bob. He went one-on-one with last night's winner, Corey Connors. Here he is, Corey Connors' second PGA Tour victory. What does it mean for you, Corey, to have this second win? Yeah, it's you know really really special. Um, I obviously love uh, this place here in San Antonio, uh, the Valero Texas Open. But I uh, yeah I can't really put it into words. It's you know I've worked really hard. I was, had hoped it wouldn't take this long to get my second victory, but um, it certainly feels really special. It was a a battle out there today, and you know it's been a battle the last few years. I've had plenty of success, but uh, haven't been able to get myself back in the winner's circle. So it it feels really special and um yes just thrilled and great to share the experience with mal and uh reese as well um you, you seem pretty calm out there all day i know you always look calm on the golf course it was sort of an ebb and flow kind of day it looked like for a while there you were going to coast maybe into the final but you had to grind over onto the last hole how did you feel were you nervous at all were the was it the duck legs under the water kind of scenario where you look calm but maybe felt a few nerves yeah, I, I really felt pretty comfortable and, until the you know last few holes um, when things did get a little bit tighter. But um, you know, similar feelings I had in in 2019. I would say I was more calm playing the the last hole. Um, just had really good rhythm, you know, pace to my routine, swing, um, just just everything. You know, felt in sync today. So just really trusted that on the last few holes and. Um, that was, uh, I think that was a big key, but yeah, I, I felt great out there. Obviously there was, there was some nerves, um, but it was, uh, it was a good thing. Um, it, we, we, I hope you'll take this the right way. This hasn't been the typical Corey Connors start to the season that we normally expect from you. I know it's, as you mentioned in the talk, you've been working on stuff. What was it that clicked this week? I know I talked to your coach and he said that you've been working really hard on your swing and all parts of your game, but what was it that clicked this week, especially? Yeah, I really think everything just came together. I've been fighting some iron shots uh, this year, um, just not quite on, and you know, felt like you know, week off after the Players Championship, uh, weekend off, and the week off after the Players Championship, just you know, took a few days, um, and and really, you know, yeah, got to work, played some rounds, and just found a good groove, and um, took a lot of confidence from last week. It felt like my game was great in the match play event and just tried to keep that going here. Um, felt much more in control of my golf ball. And uh, I switched back putting, uh, to left hand low the last couple of weeks. And, you know, it's kind of been able to get the ball in the hole a little better and um, keep some momentum going in some of the rounds. Well, you couldn't have picked a better time to start playing well. I mean, uh, you're coming to Augusta National, I'm assuming, either tonight or tomorrow. Uh, how does it feel to be heading with this momentum? Yeah, it feels really great. Um, you know, I'm 
feeling a little tired from the, the grind today, but, uh, you know, be get rested up and, uh, Augusta's, you know, really special place. I'm really excited to get there. Played well there the last few years and, um, you know, couldn't, uh, feel much better about my game heading into, uh, the masters. Well, just so you know, there's been three players who have won the Masters after winning their last start heading into Augusta. So you're in some good company. The last one to do it was Phil Mickelson. So congratulations on your win today, and we'll look forward to seeing you at the Masters. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Good challenge, Bob. Always great to hear from Corey. Uh, and interesting stuff there, Adam. He let us in on a little. I went back to left hand low, and it seemed to grab a few weeks ago. And that's how we – I mean, you and I, we – listen – this is the beauty about golf too. We can all relate in a little bit, in a little fashion. Whether you're a plus one handicap or a 24 handicap, sometimes you just, you know, make a little change with ball position, a little change with your grip, and all of a sudden everything feels different. And even the best players in the world, Adam, just a little change, left hand low like that, goes back to something that might have felt good in the past. Maybe something that, that worked a year ago that for some reason you abandoned, yada, 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 and now you're rolling into a bathtub. It's something that, you know, Tiger has mentioned a lot where his feels, trying to find the right feel. And for Connors, he certainly found this with this left hand low, making a, a slight adjustment to, like he mentioned, after missing the cut at the Players' Championship with his swing itself. It, it's great to see him have this success. And even like he spoke about with Bob, he felt pretty calm until the latter portion of the final round, which is awesome to see. And I, I really compared him to how Nick Taylor looked at the WM Phoenix Open, where never getting too high, never getting too low, pretty even keel. And that's what you need when you're down the stretch on the PGA Tour. We've seen time and time again where guys looking to get their first or second victories, where they get a little amped up maybe, and they, they fly a green by 12, 15 yards because of adrenaline alone. So good for Corey Connors to get it done. All right, on the other side, we're going to bring in Bob live from Augusta National in the year's first men's major, the Masters. He's down there with Graham Dillette for TSN. Of course, Adam and I will also be part of the TSN Masters coverage along with uh, Lindsay Hamilton and James Duffy, the other uh, people covering the, the largest broadcast of the year for Canada, hands down. We'll bring in weeks next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we kick off Masters Week here on TSN. Of course, Golf Talk Canada Radio with you here Monday. And Golf Talk Canada TV going to debut this week, I believe, Tuesday night, Adam. Is, is that our first run of our Masters preview show is going to be primetime Tuesday evening this week? I am going to give you a very firm answer on that very shortly. It appears that way, but let me let me give you a firm. Let's answer confirm here. that. Yeah, yeah, the last let's, let's time confirm. we chatted, yeah, last yeah, time seemed... we chatted uh, with the, with the with the the powers that be, uh, th it looked like it was going to be a prime time Tuesday night debut. So let's try to get that locked down before we wrap up today's show. Of course, Wednesday we're back for radio. We've got. Masters preview show Wednesday. Uh, early round coverage starts at 10 a.m. Thursday morning. We're on the air all day. We've got every stream locked and loaded on 
TSN TV for Masters coverage and of course a part, a huge part of our Masters coverage as always in all our golf coverage. Uh, Bob Weeks, who we now bring in from Augusta. Weeksy, uh, before we get into the Corey Connors story and, and what transpired at the Valero, uh, have you been on the ground yet at Augusta? Have you seen the property yet? What's the weather like? What's the forecast for the week like? Yes, we got here, uh, got here yesterday and did our, uh, did our stuff around. Of course, also watched Corey, but, uh, the course, uh, looks as perfect as it always does. They seem to get the flowers to bloom here, no matter what the spring weather is like. It's, it's perfect as usual. And we're expecting a bit of a wet week, I think. It's, uh, some rain in the forecast today. And we're trying to get our work, much of our work was done as we can and maybe get a little tour of the course before we, uh, before we hunker down for what looks like it'll be a bit of a drizzly day. It doesn't look like there's any thunder or bad weather. It's just throughout the week, just kind of rain showers. Yeah, Bob, last Wednesday when we were on on our uh, preview show for On the Radio, I gave my first ever live radio, uh, wet, weather forecast report, and it looked like it was going to be sunny skies and warm temperatures this weekend, but that appears to have totally changed, which is not great. But I want to ask you about some, uh, it's, there appeared to be some drama this morning on the uh, on the golf course during a practice round where it appeared according to a, a board that Bryson DeChambeau was playing in a practice round with Tiger and Tom Kim and Fred Couples but then it was correctly announced that it was Rory McIlroy not Bryson DeChambeau playing in that practice round I mean given what happened last week how apparently Ty- uh, Bryson and Tiger don't speak anymore uh, were you aware of the drama that occurred this morning uh, yeah, I don't know if it's how much you call it drama as more of a, uh, <laughs> a mix up that somebody made on the putting it up on the board. There's a there's a large board in the uh, the press center. I'm not actually over at the press center. We have a different uh, television building here where we are, but there's a, a large board which indicates who's playing with who in the practice rounds. Otherwise, you can't really tell unless you get out there. So um, it was put up that Bryson was playing, and everyone kind of went, "Oh my goodness!" But but it was. Rory from the get-go all all the way through, so I don't think there was maybe somebody was having fun with a mistake or somebody if somebody whoever put it up there obviously made a uh, an intriguing faux pas that got us all sort of tittering a bit uh, as we uh, as we approach this this week that's going to feature the first gathering of the live players and the PGA Tour players here at the Masters. All right, Bob. Before we get to Corey, just because we've you know we got into this can of worms and opened it, you said it's going to be wet. We're not looking at electricity. What are the temperatures like? I'm just trying to get a feel from you for weather because in previous years where it's kind of been windy, wet, maybe a little cooler than normal, Mike Weir, Trevor Immelman, uh, who else am I forgetting? Uh, Shorter hitter. Zach uh, Johnson. Zach Johnson, thank you. That's the name I'm forgetting. Thank you. Are are we in a similar weather pattern as one of those years? Is it is it going to be that cool and wet? Uh, Saturday's forecast high here is 13 degrees. Sunday is 16. So yeah, it's going to be cool. Now Thursday is going to be 30. So we're going to see a a pretty big drop in the temperatures as we get towards the weekend. You know, it's it's uh, I I agree with you that that it opens it up a little bit more to perhaps some other players this course of course is a lot longer than when mike weir played it it's uh, over 7500 yards this year and and i don't sure i'm not sure if even if uh, the weather assisted or anything like that if if any of these short hitters are going to be able to to score very well they're going to have to putt as they are going to do that but 
it does it does change things certainly rather than when this place is running hard and fast. It could be a whole different uh, bring in a whole different group of players who you might not otherwise consider. We're in conversation here with uh, Bob Weeks talking about the Masters and all things Augusta National as Masters Week is finally here, which we're so excited about. But of course, we spent the first half hour of our show talking about Corey Connors, who wins the Valero Texas Open for the second time in his career, second career PGA Tour victory. And Bob, throughout the first couple months of our show this season, we had spoken at length about we already have two wins this season for Team Canada, but what about Corey Connors? And we have to commend you because you had him last week on your TSN Edge team, your fifth win of the season. What did you see from Connors heading into last week that you elected to put him brilliantly on your team last week? <laughs> you know, I, I kind of got a sense from the Players' Championship that he was pretty frustrated. He missed the cut there, and his coach, Derek Ingram, who's a friend of our show, obviously, has said to me that, you know, he's, going to, he's just going to go and start grinding. And it was just... It wasn't a major fix. It was just he felt that his, he wasn't hitting his iron shots well. If you look at sort of his numbers, it's, it's, it was that the stuff that usually is hitting fairways and hitting greens that wasn't there. And I saw that even though he didn't make it out of the group stage at the uh, match play, you could see the numbers were really good. And his putting was in So I just took a bit of a flyer, I'll admit, but I just knew he couldn't keep going the way he was going without showing some signs of improvement. But, um, you know, it's great to see him win. It's great to see him back in there. He talked about making small changes. He went back to the left-hand low grip. He changed to a sort of a half-mallet putter that he's used in the past. And then he just grinded on the He's trying to find – he said he just had to find some, some tempo, some fluidity to the swing. Obviously, whatever he was looking for, he found it. So, Bob, obviously off this victory, obviously, you know – led the field in strokes gain approach, led the field in putts per green and regulation, coming into a, a major championship where he's had great success, a string of top tens, to your point. He is obviously the clear-cut, I would I would think, Canadian favorite then at the moment. So if he's the Canadian favorite at Augusta, in your mind, who's the second? I got to go with Mac Hughes. I think Mac is probably a little bit longer. Uh, than Adam Svensson is, although Adam can get it out there. But I think just having that extra experience of having been here before, having played at the Masters, uh, you know, Adam Svensson's a fast learner. He's pr- proven that a little bit in the past. But I think that I think that uh, there's a lot to take in in your first year. And, and, and we know that the last guy in his first appearance here to win was back in 1979, Fuzzy Zeller. So it, it takes a lot to learn here. And I don't think the crash course that Adam is going to get will be maybe enough this time around. He's going to play a practice round today with VJ Singh, so he'll probably learn something from VJ. And then uh, the, uh, the all four Canadians are going to go off in tomorrow morning, and uh, Mike Weir will uh, lend his expertise, I'm sure. So I think this is a learning year for Adam Svensson, but I, I, I wouldn't count out Mac Hughes. I think he's, uh, you know, he's a great putter. We know that. So if you can putt, you can play pretty much everywhere. And Mac certainly coming off a great finish as well at the match play. And Bob, you mentioned Mike Weir there. And 20 years ago, he won the green jacket and made Canadian golf history and really opened the floodgates, if you will, for a number of young Canadians who are watching at home saying, hey, you know, one day that could be me. Now we put together a little vignette, if you want to call it, that ran on SportsCenter over the weekend. When, when you were talking to the Canadians back at the Players' Championship about their memories 
watching that 2003 Masters. You know, you spoke to guys like Taylor Pendrith and Corey Connors and Matt Hughes and Adam Hadwin. What were some of your overall impressions and reactions when you got to speak to these guys thinking about how much Weir has meant to their careers? Uh, I mean, you kind of, I, I kind of knew it a little bit, but to see and to always to hear it, the heartfelt, um, I don't know what you'd call it, adulation for, for Mike that they all have. They realized that when he was doing this, you know, he was a kid from a small town, Ontario, and most of these guys are all from small towns. Taylor maybe being the exception, he's from Richmond Hill, I guess I wouldn't call it really all that small. But you know, you look at where the others are from, and and they sort of followed in that footsteps, and I think. On Mike's side of it as well, over the last maybe five to seven years, he started to realize his position and what he can do to help these guys. So he'll text them before big rounds. He'll, you know, encourage them. He'll congratulate them. He's reached out. He never used to do that. He always used to say, well, if they want my advice, they can come and ask me. He felt that was the way he should do it. But now he sees where his role is. So I think being that kind of leader um, in a certain way is is really played on these guys not when so much when they were growing up because that was obviously part of it there as well but i think now as as professionals they still look to them for some guidance and for some help and for for some just some uh encouragement and and you know it's uh, uh they're all they're all in awe of what mike has done and they all want to be like mike as well all right bob before we let you go and i don't want to uh get your picks and uh, we don't want to take too deep a dive here bob because on wednesday we're going to take our you know, our approach on who we might like, maybe some dark horses. What numbers are you looking at this week? You know, I'm a big strokes gain approach guy when it comes to the Masters. That's a category I lean on heavily. But I do want to ask you this. The big three, the new big three of Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, and John Rahm, if you were just to rank them currently right now, one being the favorite, two being the second favorite, three being the third favorite, give me your big three in that order, one, two, three, and the part B of that question is someone else in there. In other words, maybe you're not high on John Rom right now, and maybe somebody else is three and Rom's fell to four for you. Give me your big three in order. Uh, can I go one A, one B, and one C? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I would go Scotty Scheffler as one. Uh, Rory McIlroy is two and John Rahm is three just because John's last three starts haven't been uh, as impressive as, as the first part of his season was. Uh, I think Scheffler, you know, with that five-shot win at the Players' Championship kind of pushed his spot forward. And he's he's in a different uh, atmosphere right now. I mean, he's um, he's first in greens and regulation, first in strokes gain off the tee. He's, uh, he's, only, he's had six three-putts in 648 holes this year. So that number to me is really something something outstanding. And if there's a fourth player that I would add in there, you know, it doesn't jump out at me. I'm, I'm sort of, as you said that question, I was trying to jump in. Could it be Jordan Spieth? I mean, it, it could be him. It could be Justin Thomas. But he has never really had, you know, great performances consistently over here. Um, I don't know what to think of Cam Smith. I mean, he's the guy who won the last major. So, mm-hmm. you know, is he out of the question? We just don't know what, what kind of game he's got compared to these other guys. So, it's tough to find a guy who would sort of ease into number four position on that list. I think there's going to be a lot of different number fours if you line people up and ask them for it. Last one for me, Bob, and perhaps the question that is a lot of people are really dying to hear the answer to. We saw you have your first egg salad sandwich on <laughs> Sunday. 
Uh, how good was it? Was it as good as last year? And what is your over under on egg salad sandwiches? Are you having one right now? Like, what's your over? What's your over under for the week? I am not yet because I have not made it out to the uh, press center where they divvy them out. We have a we have an office in the uh, I guess you'd call it the International Broadcast Center, which is at the far other side of the golf property here. But we will be uh, we'll be heading there momentarily. And in my battle with Graham Dillette, it's actually quite interesting because poor Graham has, uh, because of all the storms that have been going out here, he's had his flights canceled, so he's not here yet. So I'm going to be a good, I would say, half dozen up on him before he arrives nice. here. So he may he may never be able to catch up. My over-under number this year, I think, is going to be 15. I'm going to put it at 15. So you guys can go with what you want. <laughs> Building an insurmountable lead, Bob Weeks, on a Sunday, Monday at Augusta. Thanks, Bob. Always uh, fun. It's going to be a great week. We're all looking forward to it. We'll chat on. Uh, we'll chat tomorrow for TV. We'll chat Wednesday. Uh, we basically, Bob, we'll talk the Masters to death. That's what we do, right? We love to do it. We love to do it. Thanks, guys. Take care. <laughs> Thanks, Take Bob. care, Weeksy. Take Bye-bye. care, Weeksy. Bob Weeks with this. On the other side, we'll get you caught up on a couple things. You know, one uh, quick number there, uh, Skulls, that we didn't really get to. Uh, if you combine strokes gained off the tee and strokes gained approach and look at that number in particular, Scotty Scheffler annihilates the field. And I mean... Uh, all signs pointing to a repeat, but you got to play the tournament before we hand out the jacket. All right, more GTC coming up on the other side. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Golf Talk Canada coming up in hour two. We're going to give you our Masters Champions Dinner menus because coming Tuesday, we got the Champions Dinner from Augusta National. I I hear that uh, Tiger Woods has insisted on sitting beside Phil Mickelson and Sergio Garcia right in between. That's just what I rumor mill going. Take it with a grain of salt. I don't know. We will see. Oh, man, to be a fly on the wall. Do you think any of them, Adam, skipped the champion's dinner? Like, how does Phil Mickelson walk in? Cam Smith is the only live player talking to media this week. Press conference, right? I mean, how does Phil Mickelson walk into that room? I don't. I mean, I'm so curious because, like, for years, like him and Freddie Couples were boys, and I mean, him and Tiger went from you know allegedly hating each other to now they're good buddies and doing these matches back. I don't know. I I really wish that they filmed it. That's what I wish. I, I wish totally. it was just live. Maybe the broadcast. Netflix Netflix season two cameras in there. Not going to happen. But how good would it be? I know the executive producer is there. Right. The, the They're not letting him in that room, though, Adam. No, not a chance. Yeah, no, not but a to chance. answer your question, like, it, it would be, like, I, I think it's going to be, there's going to be some awkwardness, for sure. Like, you know, Phil's, like, a, a dominating personality, and generally mm-hmm. he would hold court during these Champions Dinners, according to, you know, people who have spoken about it in the past. I don't think that'll happen. I wonder if he'll just sort of get in, get out, and have, uh, you know, a couple stop and chats, but nothing to crazy i think anyway 
All right, uh, we're going to do Winner's Word and What later. Rose Zhang's going to come up because uh, she wins the Augusta National Women's Amateur. Uh, but you had some Canadian angle on that, uh, some thoughts on the week at Augusta. Yeah, it wasn't you know, it was so cool to see Monet Chun finishing T14 on a, you know, at the Augusta National Women's Amateur on a very challenging day, obviously with the weather that came in that Saturday too, but an accomplishment that she'll never forget. And obviously I had a chance to catch up with Monet recently heading into the tournament and she had such fun memories, you know, thinking back of watching the Masters and getting the, the opportunity of a lifetime to go and play the tournament is certainly awesome. And for someone who won the Canadian Women's Amateur last summer, runner-up at the U.S. Women's Amateur, she's doing great things already playing at Michigan Golfing. The future is certainly bright for Monet Chen as we head forward. But I mean, I love the new Masters pre-weekend tradition of the Augusta National Women's Amateur. You have the drive, chip, and putt on the Sunday, too. I was saying to Bob, I really wish they would just have an under-40 division in the drive, chip, and putt and just sort of show up. And I, I kind of, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really banking on that becoming a real thing soon. Uh, and, of course, she becomes the first Canadian to make the cut and make it to that final day at Augusta. So congratulations to her. Rose Zhang, uh, the, the number one amateur on the planet, uh, female amateur on the planet, actually gets it done. But it was no parade for her. It looked like it was going to be a parade on Sunday. Came down to a wire, gets it done in a playoff. We'll talk a little bit about that in Winners Weird and What. Uh, 20 Weeks of TaylorMade Scully starts this week. 40000 That's right. We've doubled the prizing. $40,000 in TaylorMade product. We're giving it away over 20 weeks. It starts this week. Masters week. It all kicks off. You've got to go to golftalkcanada.com to register. That's golftalkcanada.com to register. We are doing our first ever weekly PGA Tour fantasy golf pool. It's free. Free to enter. Just got to register and each week you put in your picks. Check out just the prizing in our weekly major. This is the first week. Okay. Are you ready? Major prizes are a little larger than normal weekly prizes, as they should be. So we kick off our 20 weeks of TaylorMade with first place, your choice of a set of the P700 series irons or stealth irons. So you get to choose as the winner what your first, what, what irons do you want? Second place, a stealth two plus driver. Second place, a brand new stealth two driver. And third place, six dozen TP5 golf balls. That is just week one, Adam. This is absolutely crazy. Just week one. We're going to give away over 40,000 throughout the year. You need to register. GolfTalkCanada.com. 20 weeks of TaylorMade. It's free. Register. Grand prize alone is 15 grand. It all starts this week. And if you miss the first week, it doesn't matter. Don't miss the first week because you're like, you're putting yourself behind the eight ball. But everybody who participates, even just once, has a chance at not only the weekly prize that you register at, but the grand prize. We're going to do it on a draw. There's season long prizes. I'm looking forward to seeing. We got to remember, Adam, to register ourselves and put in our picks because we said that we would play along and, and see, uh, see how it went for, uh, the Golf Talk Canada family. I believe the Overdrive family is getting involved. The first up family is getting involved. 
Uh, we got a lot of people, uh, uh, you know, jumping in on 20 weeks of Taylor made this week. Uh, so it should be a lot of fun. On the other side, kicking off hour two, live versus PGA. 18 live golfers in the field at the year's first men's major. The 13th hole. What do we expect? When do we expect it up? When do we expect it back? Will weather now in the forecast obviously affect how we will set up the 13th hole? What do we expect from Tiger Woods? Can you even answer that question? I know one thing. Tiger was hoping more for that 30 degrees Celsius weather we're getting on Thursday, not that 13 that we might get on Saturday. And the big three, Rory, Scheffler, Rob, we'll break it down all at the top of the hour. Coming up next, this is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, Hour 2. Let's dive into some Masters themes this week, Adam. Why don't we just start with Tiger Woods? Because we kind of teased it at the end of, end of hour one. Anybody who can tell you at all that they really have a good idea on what to expect from Tiger is absolutely full of it. I mean, how do you predict what we're going to get from Tiger? He's completely shocked us in the past. Um if we look at the Genesis Invitational, for two days he looked like a guy who could win any golf tournament on the planet. And for two days he looked like, for the other two days, he looked like a guy who could barely walk a golf tournament or finish a golf tournament. Uh, are you expecting a similar situation at Augusta to what you saw at the Genesis? And how, and this is part two of this, because we know that the, the hardest thing about Tiger is not hitting golf shots. It's physically getting around a golf course, physically getting his body ready to play around a golf, especially after a recoup period, right? So my question to you is, how encouraged are you at the super hot Thursday? And how worried are you about a super cool weekend? I mean, for him, it's it's a huge, it's the entire tournament, I think, for him. Like this time last Wednesday, the forecast was 28 to 30 degrees all four days. And you thought, ding, 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 ding. This is the time Tiger can finally show up to a tournament where the weather's good. And every time he has come back in this latest comeback since the leg ankle injury, it the weather has not been ideal. There haven't been four consecutive days where it's been nice outside. And for Tiger... That is going to be an issue this week, and especially too, Mark, if there are delays, if you have mm -hmm. to stop and start, if you have to stop for 
hour, two hours, warm the body up again. That is a totally different process for Tiger to ramp it back up. One thing, if there aren't any weather delays that will be in his favor is the really the late, early, early, late, there really isn't a lot of that at the Masters for the first two rounds because there are only 87 players in the field. So it's not like guys are teeing off at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Thursday and they're back out there at 8.30 on a Friday morning. That just doesn't happen because there aren't as many players. So for Tiger, you got to think it's maybe a glass-half-empty approach in terms of the weather itself. But, I mean, we, we saw flashes of brilliance at the Genesis Invitational. We saw flashes of brilliance last year when he made the cut using the top 10 after the first round. So I think it's going to be the same thing for Tiger. I wouldn't be surprised if he is in the mix after round one, maybe after 36 holes, maybe in the last you know three, four, five groups. But then I believe there will be at least one round where it's a 74. Maybe maybe he's not walking very nicely, very well, but he putts very well and maybe can climb to even par sort of thing. But I think there will be one round where it's sort of a disappointing finish. Okay, true or false? True or false? The one benefit or the one positive of some cooler, more challenging weather is that par becomes a better score. In other words, it's not a Corn Ferry Tour, let's go low event, which benefits Tiger Woods, true or false? I think it has to be true. And he's, he's never going to overpower a golf course anymore. And yes, he has much more speed because of this new ball he is playing. And I mean, but, but he'll, he'll never be... You know, he's not going to be flying at 349 like Rory did at the match play. That's just, that's just not going to happen. And if it's a, a softer golf course as well, he's, he's probably going to be carrying that, that driver in the 290 to maybe 305 range. And I think that really does favor Tiger. As, as Paul Azinger says a couple times on broadcast, it's Tiger the artist. He, he moves his way around the golf course without hitting driver wedge into some of these par fours, and he'll play for the right angle. So I think that's true. What do you think? I, I do too. That's why I asked you. I was kind of curious what you felt because I think um, the harder a golf course gets, the more creative you've got to be, uh, the more veteran savvy you have to have, the the more a golf course acts, asks you to shape and or flight your golf ball, to me, the, the better chance Tiger Woods has of being in the hunt. If it is going to be a straightforward aim and shoot, hit it as far as you can, try to shoot 62 with not a lot of choice, not a lot of challenge. I think uh, there's a 24-year-old, 25-year-old, 27-year-old, etc., young gun that's going to just blow the field. Like don't, that kind of guy. When you ask that 24-year-old, you know, to read the flag at 11 and 12 while they're both heading in the wrong direction in the middle aiming corner, right? When the flags are blowing. or And when you ask them to, you know, Tiger always said he played the game with nine windows. Well, most of these modern players play the game with, you know, two, three windows, not nine. Mm-hmm. So the more, you know, if, if you, the more the golf course asks you to use multiple windows in your flight, in your shot shaping, etc. to me, it screams Tiger. And to the shot he hit, into 17 at Riviera Country Club. I believe it was the Saturday. It was either the Friday or the Saturday. Uh, he, he hit the fairway bunker off the tee at the par five, was forced to lay up, had 180 yards to a back right hole location, wind at him and off the right 
basically forcing him to short side flight something to access the hole and he hits it to five feet and makes the putt. I basically, I was in, in studio with PGA Tour Live and I looked at Johnson Wagner and I said, Johnson, that shot right there builds the argument that he is still the best iron player on the planet. Mm-hmm. So when that comes into play to your point, I'm, I'm, I say true as well. You and I are yeah. looking at it the same way. So, okay, this is a great segue because I'm a little confused about some of the course changes at Augusta this year. I understand the 13th hole. We've gone back 35, 40 yards, okay? They can play it forward if they want. I'm sure weather is going to be a part of this. What day, what the leading number is going to be at. They like to dial in. This tournament committee can dial it in better than anybody else. Uh, the players have echoed our statements that we've been saying over the last several weeks. The tee shot's gotten easier. It's a straightforward tee shot now. You don't need to shape it as much. You don't need to make as many decisions. It really now the decision is on the second shot. It's become more of a second shot par five again. Where before in the past, in, in the last decade or so, if you pull off the tee shot, there is no choice. You're going to knock it up there on the green, try to make three or four. Now they've kind of reversed. They flipped the script. Now it is... It's a stock tee shot, and now you got to figure out the second shot. Okay, we get that. 11, Adam. They already took one of the hardest holes on the golf course, arguably the hardest hole on the golf course, a 500-yard par 4 that most players typically bail to the right to begin with. They don't want anything to do with the pond on the left. And they went back again. And have made it longer. I, I, that, this, this confuses me. Does it confuse you as they already potentially took the hardest four on the golf course and just made it harder again? Yeah, that, that one was puzzling. And Mark, was it last year when 15 was lengthened too? Where a couple of years ago, yes. A couple of years ago. And, and yeah. so like that, that made it into a bit of a wedge contest, really. It was almost mm-hmm. too long where guys mm-hmm. just wouldn't go for it. And, the 11th hole, I agree, because it's such a, the approach shot going into that green with the water on the left, with the fairway, like a ski slope, essentially tilting towards that water on the left makes it very hard. It, sure, there's a big bailout area right, but you have to land a flop shot in the area of basically a loony to keep it on the green, depending on how firm it is. I don't really understand that, of, of why it's, why you had to do that. In terms of the 13th hole, I'm really curious to see how these guys go out and, and play this. Like you mentioned, it's an easier tee shot. And we played some comments from Rory McIlroy last week where he went to Augusta National on a scouting mission a couple weeks ago after the Players' Championship. And he was saying instead of hitting an 8-iron from a flat lie, you're hitting a 5-iron from a lie that's probably above your feet, which makes the approach shot much more challenging, which I, I'm curious now. Do you think we'll see more guys lay up now on the 13th hole and make it more of a wedge contest? I think it's it's inevitable as long as the tees aren't up, right? It's it's inevitable because yes, it's a straightforward tee shot, but if you don't pull off that straightforward tee shot, I mean, there's no choice anymore, you know. And and if you're playing 13 straight back into the wind, maybe you don't even bother with the straightforward 285, 305 straight middle left tee ball that sets up the approach. Maybe you just hit iron. Maybe it's just iron, iron, give yourself a number, go. Um, I think you hit on something there on 15. When we make these changes, and I say we, the golf community, like I'm the one putting a shovel on the ground, which I'm not, and we get into these debates about the ball and yada, 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 
And I think it's way more about golf course architecture, design, setup than it is about the golf ball. I'd be fine with a freeze of the ball, but the rollback I'm totally against. As is, by the way, the golf community based on our friends at TaylorMade and their and yeah. their stats. If I don't know if you saw that come out, that the general public believes that there's there's not a distance problem. That uh, that there's a, it's a setup and an architecture thing. But the, the point, Adam, to your point is when we're lengthening these holes and we're adding distance, you don't get rid of the old tee deck. You give the, 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 the tournament officials, you give the PGA Tour, the USGA, the RNA, and the Masters Tournament Committee the opportunity to take the forward tee and still use, uh, you know, push it forward, bring in the risk reward, let the hole uh, have an opportunity to change its colors based on weather, uh, in certain conditions, etc. When you eliminate that forward tee deck or the, ex- or the existing deck and just go back, I think it's a big mistake in-, in the whole world of architecture. The one thing that the USGA has shown us over the years, and I, and I, I hate giving compliments to a USGA setup, as you know, <laughs> is they've really brought the drivable par four into play, right? And, and a lot of those drivable par fours, off the plate are like 390 and then but they're using those forward decks at 310 at 305 at 320 to give options that's what it's about options and variety so when we make these changes you can't get rid of those original t-decks no i i agree and you mentioned something right there off the top drivable par fours and rory mentioned when he was talking about that scouting mission that he can get driver to the third hole no problem you, yeah. You wonder, you wonder how that'll play. I mean, we saw the drama. Do you remember a couple of years ago in the November Masters when Bryson was, you know, the, he was the the big guy, the big bulky Bryson. Put it that way. He was much bigger than this. Is after that U.S. Open, and he had a tee shot on the third hole, and he couldn't find the ball. It plugged, and they couldn't find the ball yet to go all the way back. Yeah, that, that that's fascinating. And you even think to like the, the changes they made to the fifth hole. This would have been heading into the 2019 Masters where you could argue that that hole or the 11th hole are the two hardest par fours on the golf course for sure, just in terms of length alone. And, but they do have the ability to move it up there too, you know, to that, instead of being Mm -hmm. 495, I believe they can move it up to 445 where that bunker really is not in play for a lot of guys, but it's 50 yards further up when it's 50 yards further back. Of course, it's right in everyone's wheelhouse. So that's the thing about Augusta though. I mean, they're, they can, they can really change, anything they want with the course depending on the weather it's i really wish it was uh the forecast was much better you look at at the long range forecast in augusta next weekend it's supposed to be like in the mid 20s celsius but this weekend we just got the bad luck of the draw all right well we'll see how it goes we're running out of time we're going to save live versus pga because i know you've got some of that in winners where to what so we can take a little deeper dive there rory uh rory scheffler rom we'll save that for wednesday because oh, yeah. Wednesday we are going to tee up, uh, it'll really break down this field and who has a chance and why. Maybe there's some dark horses in there that you might like to take a look at as well. On the other side, though, Adam, I want to know, do you have Bob's menu, by the way, for I next sure segment? Do. Okay, so you, Bob, and myself are going to serve up our champion's dinner at Augusta. If you were the reigning Masters champion, what would we serve? on Tuesday night. I'm curious. I want to know what you guys are serving. We'll do it on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. 
For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. Golf Talk Canada. Speaking of Cobble Beach, we've got to get, get up there. There's going to be an opening day announcement coming soon. I believe it's going to be early May for them at Cobble Beach. And then, Adam, we've got to get up there. We're going to do... Live on location up at Cobble. Sure. Uh, yeah. Have you ever played Cobble? Yeah. I have not. No. Oh, you're going to like it. It's very good. Uh, and the one thing that I'm always amazed at at Cobble, uh, the conditioning. I mean, I, I wish more golf courses in the northern hemisphere, uh, especially north of, you know, northern Ontario, et cetera, et cetera, would go to more of a fescue grass golf course, similar to like you see over in Scotland and Ireland. I mean, these grasses are just so hardy and they can take such difficult weather conditions that the day they open, it, the course is great. Like it, the greens are ready to putt. They, they, they don't need uh, some of the coddlings, for lack of a better term, that, you know, bent needs in order to start rolling better. And, you know, oh, we're scared to cut them and we're scared to push them because it's early in the season. Fescue, it's like, yeah, we're open. Let's go. I love it. It's great. I love it. We're going to do it. It's a wonderful property. Okay. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I used Scotty Scheffler's uh, master's menu as my winner because it had a bunch of great stuff I love on there. You know I'm a big uh, beef eater, big red meat guy, big red wine guy. Mm-hmm. Scotty's serving some ribeye. He's got a tortilla soup. He's got a chocolate chip cookie skillet. I mean, great meal. Wish I was dining with the boys at the Tuesday night. I promise not to get involved. Promise not to rip a piece off any of the live players or anything like that. I just just want to invite to dinner. But what if, Adam, what if we were the defending champions at Augusta for the champions dinner? What would we serve? Okay, I'm going to give the floor to you. How would you like this? You want to give your menu first? How would you like to, to do this? You know what? Let me start with Bob's menu because All right. Bob's not here. And let, let's just start with Bob. And uh, Bob has some great choices here. His app- So what we did, we had appetizer, main course, dessert, and a drink, just to keep things simple. And Mark, later in the show, we'll announce some of our uh, some of our listeners who gave some very thoughtful responses as well. We'll do that maybe closer to the end of the show. But anyway, Love Bob, pretzels are his appetizer. He went with pretzels, <laughs> off, off, <laughs> which was uh, something. And in brackets... When uh, he said this to me, he said to make me thirsty. That was the pretzels. The main, and this might be his favorite food that appears here, egg salad sandwiches. That would be Bob's main course if Bob were to win the Masters one day. So egg salad sandwiches. His dessert would be chocolate lava cake, which mm. I like too. Mrs. Golf Talk Canada is all over that, let me yes. tell Yes. All right. I like this. This is making me hungry now. And the drink for Bob a Devil's Pale Ale from Great Lakes Brewery. Bob is a big IPA beer guy, so that's Bob's menu. Very cool, and a little, I love the Canadiana in there with the uh, the, the Great Lakes IPA at the end. And uh, I, now I would have not guessed any of those. Maybe the chocolate lava cake and the beer, but certainly not the appetizer and the main. There's no way I would have went with pretzels and egg salad. And it's so funny because I kind of it's 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 interesting how you interpret this right? Like how you would serve, because it's also like, 
I almost said, I almost in my in my mind went with what I would serve would would also maybe be the answer to the question, what would you have for your last meal? If you had a last meal, what would it be? And in a way, I kind of went there with like, yeah, what I'm gonna serve is like maybe my perfect, perfect meal, which is also maybe my last meal. I mean, how did you interpret the question, Adam? Yeah, it was so hard, and I, I really went back and forth here because there's not a lot of food that I don't like. I'm, Me I'm too. A I'm a foodie. Hu- yeah, yes. we're both foodies. I, I, I'm a bigger human being, so there's not much I don't like to take down every once in a while. But for me, you know, what I, I try to you know elaborate this in a, in a you know different couple ways. So my appetizer, Mark, a shrimp cocktail. That was mm-hmm. my appetizer. So start nice. off the hop. Get get some shrimp in. Get some teen in there. Some protein in there. Dinner. I'm going with a nice steak, Caesar salad, garlic mashed potato, work it all together and make this one. Now my dessert, I'm not really the biggest dessert guy, but I do love me some candy, some sweets. So I'm going with a custom candy bar. Yeah, so you got sweets, you got candy, you got sour stuff, you got the work. So that's what I'm going with my dessert. And the drink for me, this one, was very hard but because i'm going with a nice steak because i'm going with a steak i am going with a nice bottle of amarone that is my drink of choice i thought about a keg but i don't know if augusta and kegs would go too well like i don't you know jordan spieth doing a keg stand before dinner (laughs) i don't know if that would really play too hot in uh, at the champions dinner but i'm going with a nice bottle of beans and amarone all right. Well, my uh, my heritage, my Italian heritage, is very much going to come out in my uh, Masters Champions dinner, and this would be this is in my mind right now in 2023. Uh, this is my perfect meal, Adam. And as you know, I can uh, I can diva up with the best of them. I'm never going to pretend that when it comes to food and travel and things of that nature. One could say I'm a bit of a high-maintenance individual. Let's just put it that way, okay? I'm not a high-maintenance colleague. I'm not a high-maintenance golf partner. I am easy to get along with. I am very low-maintenance. But when it comes to airlines, hotels, (laughs) food and beverage, sleeping accommodations, right? Things of that nature... I am might as well be a Kardashian at that point, okay? Not from the price, because I don't have the money to back up. I got beer money and champagne taste, but I'm a bit of a diva. So in my menu, I really went hard and deep on this one. I'm going to start with an appetizer of burrata and prosciutto, because if there's a good burrata prosciutto appetizer on any menu, yours truly diving into it. Okay. I'm also going with a big red meat main, and I'm going with steak Florentine. Okay, Adam, I'm getting that perfect cut of steak Florentine. Of course, it's got to be medium rare to rare because that's the only way to do steak, including steak Florentine. And I'm going to go, I'm not a big potato guy, but we need a little starch. We need a little carb. So we're going to go with a very light angel hair aliolio pasta as the side with some rapini. I'm going full Italiano on you here with the main. And then my dessert, I got very specific and I got very diva. I'm going to Harry's Bar in Venice and I am flying in 
the best cake I have ever had in my life, which is their vanilla meringue cake. It's a custard vanilla meringue. It's the best cake I've ever had in my life. I'm not a big cake person, okay? But this is, a, I'm flying it in to the champion's dinner. And now for the Matt Cause portion of Golf Talk Canada. Ah, yes. All right, this is the Matt Cause portion of Golf Talk Canada. 2010 was always the greatest Brunello year until 2016 came along. Now recognized likely by most as the greatest year of Brunello. My favorite, uh, one of my favorite wineries, Capazzo in, in Tuscany. I'm going with their 2016 Reserve Brunello, and we're going to drink it until there is none left on the planet, Adam. And then we got to play golf in the next couple of days. So hopefully yeah. you recuperate from the hangover by the time yeah. we play golf Thursday. Perhaps an IV, one of those hangover IV yeah. things. So, you know, plug that in there. In fact, you could do what my buddy Dave Hammer uh, from Off the Hosel oh, yeah. does. He he just drinks his uh, alcohol with Gatorade. So he's, oh, he's, just, so he's awesome. hydrating while he's drinking. Yeah. You know, he's an expert Super's at it. Stone. And this is the same thing. Give me the IV as the Brunello's going down, right? Like so it. there it I'm is right it. there. I'm here for I'm it. it. Awesome. I say we, one of these days, we've got to uh, get together. I mean, hard to do around the Masters, but maybe around another major when we're all actually on Canadian soil together, we will get together and do our Masters dinners and watch a major together. Maybe I mean, I don't see, I mean, we're hosting these post shows together this week, these recap shows. I don't say, you know, on the set, we get some steak Florentine going and some rapini. <laughs> I mean, we might need a bit of a bib or two to not spill on ourselves, but this is a good idea. All right. On the other side, oh, we're going to save our master's edition of three dub for TV and Wednesday radio on the other side. Just a good old fashioned weekend three dub coming up. It's winners. Weird and what this is golf talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney asset management was brought to you by Cobble beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. It is Adam Scully, Mark Zucchino, Weeks is in Augusta. He joined us in hour one. He'll be back with us on TV this week as well as Wednesday GTC radio right here, TSN 1050, 10 till noon, or you're, you're listening online or iHeartRadio, which I guess is online as well, if I'm right. being completely accurate about what I'm saying. <laughs> And we've got nothing but Masters content coming for you. Uh, our uh, Masters TV uh, preview show will kick off tomorrow evening. Uh, stay tuned to our social media handles, at Golf Talk Canada on Twitter and Instagram. We'll let you know our TV schedule as our preview show uh, is all over the place this week. We're going to run it all over. Uh, Wednesday night, there's a Master, TSN Masters preview program as well. Um, Adam and I will be part of the uh, Masters Wrap-Up Show, Late Night Masters Show, each week starting Thursday evening, running right through to, to Sunday evening. Um, of course, uh, I'll be back in my regular position with Lindsay Hamilton at the Masters Desk here in Toronto. Uh, James, Bob, and Graham on the ground at Augusta. I, I'll tell you, Adam, I, I know, uh, as you know, I work with a lot of these guys through PGA Tour Live, through PGA Tour Radio, through my brief time with CBS Sports. Uh, 
No country has better uh, Masters coverage. No country has better mass coverage in Canada through TSN. And I, I firmly can tell you that it's not even close. So well done, TSN. Well done, Canada. Looking forward to it this week. Okay, it is that time. Winners, weird, and what? Three dub. And I believe the T is mine. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. I got a bit of a strange winner this week because you, you never know what's going on behind closed doors and what people are going through and what someone's life might look perfectly cherry to someone. For example, someone who plays on the PGA Tour. You know, for people who get up and have a real job where they have to get up and, they, you know, they do sales for a living or they, they whatever, they use their hands for a living, like real work. Um, it is hard sometimes to, and I understand completely why. And that's why, you know, people sometimes even say to me, Adam, it's like, what, what, what are you complaining about? Well, first of all, I'm a great complainer. So don't take some of my best joy away from me. In fact, my best friend in the world, uh, my nickname is Emperor Complainicus because I, I will complain about anything, right? Because, so, because, you know, so, but, but they're right. What are you complaining about, market? But you never know what's going on behind closed doors. And Aaron Wise, who qualified for Augusta, the hardest invitation in all of golf and maybe all of sport, uh, went out on social media this week, Adam, and said, listen, uh, um, for my mental health, I'm, I'm not going to go play Augusta. Uh, I'm, ta I'm stepping away. And I know this might be a controver controversial decision for some of you out there, uh, but I need to do this for me and my family. And, and uh, you know, basically, I'll see you on the other side. And I applaud it. And I applaud it because you just don't know. Uh, life is hard for everybody. You don't know what they're going through. And for him to have the support system around him and the self-awareness to say, not this week for me. I applaud him for that. That's my winner. What did you think when you saw the announcement? Yes, yeah, same sort of thing. And, you know, we see time and time again, whether it's on social media or the PJ Tour Netflix series, players flying around their private jets and doing, you know, getting these extravagant meals and all that. But that's not the case for every professional golfer out there. And to be honest, Mark, it can be a very lonely sport if it's not going well for you. And a lot of travel alone, depending on your family situation, depending on your caddy situation. So good for Aaron Wise for, for stepping up here, for being honest, for being vulnerable. And hopefully we see him back in a, in a better state of mind here as we move ahead. Uh, my weird this week, and you know what? It's almost become an annual now. So we had, you know, Gary Player with his son's golf balls at the ceremonial tee shot, doing the, the, the cheap plug on, on the ceremonial tee. And, and, and Player is always good almost annually now, especially around Augusta time. It's almost uh, just you go, okay, champion's dinner, check. Par three tournament, check. Uh, skipping the golf balls on the pond at 16 during practice rounds, checks. Check. Ceremonial tee shot Thursday morning, check. Amateur staying in the crow's nest, check. Gary player, awkward, strange quote, check. <laughs> this year we get Gary being very, and I'm not saying Gary's wrong, by the way, because often the media can have a very similar reaction to their experience at Augusta. And I've seen it with my own eyes, but Gary player coming out at him and saying, 
I don't feel welcome. I'm paraphrasing. I don't feel welcomed. I can't get a tea time. I can't bring friends and family. I can't just arrange a time to visit Augusta. For somebody who's won this championship three times and is supposed to be an honorary member, I just don't feel like I'm welcomed at the club. And this is the part of the quote that is a full actual quote of his mouth that was really surprising that he got this aggressive. He said, without the players, it's just another course in Georgia. What were your thoughts when you read the comments or heard the comments? I mean, after my jaw was off the floor from being so shocked about what I was like, Gary, what are you talking about? And it's it's bizarre that he's, you know, being this honest about a tournament, which obviously is very near and dear to his heart and is, is the most famous golf tournament in the world. I don't know, man. Like, maybe just shut up. That's what I would say. And uh, he would put a button on this uh, by also doubling down that Augusta. And Jack Nicholas said the same thing this week, interesting enough. But Nicholas said it for different reasons, much more positive construction, constructive reasons as to why he had it in the same position. But both players ranked it the fourth most important major, which I find absolutely shocking, more so from Jack than from Gary. All right, my what this week? I mentioned Rose Zhang, who the number one amateur who won the Augusta National Women's Amateur. But what a horrible decision on 15. I mean, we've seen bad decisions at Augusta over the years. Chip Beck on 15 comes to mind for the opposite, for laying up when he should have gone for it. We saw Greg Norman, his final cherry on top of his collapse at 15 back in 96. 50, Francesco Molinari putting the, the nail in his master's coffin with one more rinsed golf ball at 15 back in 2019 when Tiger went on to victory. But Roseg, who had a six-shot lead the start of the day, watch it, watches it evaporate almost down to nothing. A two-shot lead now with four holes to go. She's in the middle of the fairway at 15. Adam, she goes for it. She goes for it. She doesn't need to go for it. She ends up rinsing it, lead, eventually leading to a playoff. And I'll tell you why this, this decision is even more bizarre. What, and this is why it's my what this week. What a brutal decision. It's a back right hole location. Now, if that, uh, uh, let me explain what I mean by that. If that is a front hole location, front right, front left, regardless, it's a difficult third with a wedge. Because you can quite easily peel that golf ball off the green. You can hit it fat, get it into the face of that green, and, and it rolls back in, into, the, into the water. You can make a big number laying up to that hole, to a front hole location. To a back right hole location, it is a no-brainer wedge. You dump it up onto the green somewhere, anywhere. You no no reason to challenge the front edge. You get your five. You go to sixteen with a two shot lead. What did you think when you saw the the decision to go forward into? It really brought me flashbacks to Hideki Matsuyama back in two thousand twenty one when he did the same thing and then he airmailed the green and brought Xander Shoffley back into the mix. It was puzzling and we, we've seen a work in the past twenty fourteen. Bubba Watson had a big lead, decided to go for it on fifteen. It paid off for him. Perhaps she wasn't comfortable with the the downhill wedge shot. Maybe, but it was certainly a puzzling decision. But pressure does a lot of things to people. That's for sure, Mark.
regardless, she goes on to win. She's put together a, a tremendous amateur career. This year, she's won everything there is to win. Uh, she's the number one amateur on the planet, a bit of a cherry on top, and uh, it's just inevitable that eventually we see her uh, do this at the next level. So it'll be very interesting to see uh, what she does from here. All right, Adam, that is it for me. The teaser is now yours. 348. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, that is sweet. Okay, Mark, my winner this week is really a pair of winners. So last week, uh, Matty Zierich finished T7 on the LPGA Tour. And this past week on the LPGA Tour, Monami LeBlanc finished T13. So this is two straight weeks of great Canadian finishes on the LPGA Tour and not including Brooke Henderson. Now, the last LPGA Canadian winner not named Brooke Henderson to win on the tour was Laurie Kane. So it's great to see the depth of Canadian golf really expand and increase. We just saw a winner in Corey Connors, now the third PGA Tour Canadian winner this season. We're seeing all these great Canadians coming up through the ranks, PGA Tour Canada, Corn Ferry Tour, etc. So good on Maudemi LeBlanc and Matty Zierick for getting it done. A couple of great finishes in the last couple of weeks on the LPGA Tour. Okay, my weird this week is something that you mentioned briefly, the Live versus PGA Tour battle. And Greg Norman has come up a lot in 3-dub for us because he likes, there's really no filter anymore with Greg Norman. And he came out and said that if a Live player wins the Masters on Sunday, all 18 Live players will be out there on the green celebrating with them. So, Mark, if 10 live players miss the cut, are they just going to hang around and say, you know what, just in, in the rare possibility that one of these guys goes out and win, we're just going to hang around. Like, is, is Norman paying them to do this? Like, why on earth would players stick around if if they're not around for the weekend and not going, well, not making the cut? Here's the thing, Adam. It's the line in the sand, right? It's the, the them versus us. And they're, and every time Norman opens his mouth, he pushes it and points it more in that direction. Amongst other people as well. He's not alone in, in, that, in that capacity. Here's the thing. I mean, if this was any other major, I, I mean, first of all, if this was any other major, there would be less live competitors, okay? Because mm. they would lose a lot of that past champions uh, angle that we're having here with Sergio, that we're having here with Patrick Reed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's an 87 player field. It's almost impossible. If you miss the cut at Augusta and you are a relevant player in the world of golf and you miss the cut, you should go home and bury your head in the sand and not come out for three months. It's embarrassing. 87 players and there's 20 to 25 players in this field that are there strictly in ceremonial capacity. So all of a sudden, now you're down to 62 players. Call it a field of 60 relevant golfers. And you miss the cut? I mean, forget it, right? I, I mean, I don't know, Adam. You put something on social media this week with Joaquin Neiman and his comments about he's looking forward to the friction and divisiveness between the two leagues. I mean... Strong words from the best career finish at T35 at the Masters for Joaquin Neiman. Joaquin, I'm a big fan. You're a great young player. I was really upset when you went to go to live. You were brilliant at the Genesis. Try going and winning something before you open up your pie hole.
And, and and he's been the only guy really who has come out publicly publicly and spoken about the Masters in that sort of us versus them way. Everyone else, even Phil Mickelson has said, you know, we're honored to be there. We're so grateful to be there. Right. But Joaquin's been, I wonder if we're now going to hear from more guys if they are be made available to the media at some point this week to discuss that. See, this is why right now it ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen because of what I just outlined. But I want, now I would love, nothing would make me happier Here's what I have uh, my master's uh, wants in. Uh, number one would be a Canadian win. Number two would be a Rory win for a career Grand Slam. And number three would be a Joaquin Neiman miscut for, for me to celebrate Sunday night. Well, much more at our recap shows throughout the week as we look at that. Okay, before we go to break quickly here, my what on the DP World 2, another great video was released called Hit the Number. So Rory McIlroy and Tommy Fleetwood were basically assigned to hit a certain number on a track band. And Mark, it's, you know, we, we always talk about these guys are good, but the ability to hit a number, whether it's 92 yards, whether it's 185 yards, the ability to hear a number and say, okay, I'm going to hit that. It's certainly impressive. So another great video by the DP World Tour. Bravo to them. Still leading the way when it comes to the social media landscape in the world of golf. The DP World Tour is the heavyweight champion of the world every single year and continuing it to your point. Okay, on the other side, we're going to put a bow on it today's show and tee up the rest of the week for the Masters in GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the Tour 360 fit, while the Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. On Wednesday's Golf Talk Canada Radio, we're going to share some of uh, your Masters Champions Dinner menus. So a lot of you participated, sent us tweets responded to our Twitter post regarding what you'd serve at Augusta for the Champions Dinner. We're going to share some of them on Wednesday. Feel free to still chime in and send this to us between now and then. On Wednesday, we're going to take a deeper dive into the actual field itself. Sure, there's Rory, Rahm, and Scheffler. We get it. There are some dark horses. There are some people that might surprise you. I've got my eyes on a couple. I know Adam does. What categories are we looking at? Does the forecast, and we'll have a better fine-tuned forecast for you on Wednesday, one that we can trust a little bit more than the forecast you can trust on a Monday, as we all know. It's the only job you can keep in the world and constantly be wrong as a meteorologist. <laughs> so let's take a look on Wednesday morning on what the forecast and how does that affect who we potentially like, because there is Mike Weir, very different golf course, by the way, when Weirsy won in 2003 as we celebrate his 20 years uh, since his Masters victory. But the golf course that Zach Johnson and, and Trevor Immelman won on is not as different. A little shorter, but that is post-Tiger proofing Augusta. And when it got cool and when it got windy and it wasn't as firm and fast, a different group of players were all of a sudden in the mix at the major. We will do it on 
Wednesday. Do not forget, 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Adam, it starts this week. you got to go to GolfTalkCanada.com. Over 40000 in prizing. GolfTalkCanada.com. It is free to register. Jump in. Masters week, it kicks off. Get in now. We're giving away three major prizes this week alone. Irons to first place. Driver to second place. Six dozen golf balls to third place. GolfTalkCanada.com. 20 weeks of TaylorMade. It's free. It's fun. Get involved. Skulls, we'll see you tomorrow for TV. Yes, sir. And stick to our social media handles for our TV schedule. Our Masters debut drops tomorrow night for our Masters preview show. Tomorrow night on TSN. But go to Golf Talk Canada, Twitter, and Instagram for our television schedule. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course. It always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the Tour 360 fit, while the Spike More Traction System will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.